Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun Phil Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Olympic Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeemi McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app you, today. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, so you can catch our other five live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can go back and catch them and listen to them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please find Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of the show, Second City Sports, in podcast form? You can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, at War on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at W-A-R-R Media. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the Podjackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions during our two-hour extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, I've given Lakina full boat to give you fools to build and beer boot. Bye-bye. And before we get started, we'd like to remind you that you can also catch Sports on Chicago live and on demand now on Roku TV. That's right. You catch Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku, already have a Roku television, just click on the sports section and download the Sports on Chicago app. Once again, if you ever already have a Roku TV, just clap the uh, uh, tap on the sports section and download that Sports on Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. Uh, we're available on all streaming devices, iPads, iTouch, your tablets, your laptops, wherever you can uh, stream your stream your programming. You can go to uh, just download that Roku TV app and access Sports on Chicago that way. That's right. Let's celebrate. Sports on Chicago is now on Roku TV. All right, Lakina, let's kick off this Friday edition of Second City Sports by remembering a Hall of Famer. 
we had Bill Russell passing away uh, uh, last Sunday, uh, uh, an icon not only on the court and off the court from the world of basketball, but the world of, of baseball is a whole lot different uh, today. Vince Scully, the longtime baseball announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers for 67 seasons, passed away on Tuesday at the age of 94. He, As I mentioned, he was the face of the Los Angeles Dodgers for 67 years from 1950 to, nine, to 2016 during his last season calling games for the West Coast team. Scully's tenure with the Dodgers was the longest by any broadcaster with a single team in professional sports history, and he was second to only Tommy Lasorda, who passed away two years ago, in terms of numbers of years association with the Dodgers organization in any capacity. During, during his record-breaking run as a team play-by-play announcer in his final season behind the microphone, Scully announced most Dodger home games and selected road games on Sportsnet L.A., and on KLAC Radio. He was known for his distinctive voice, lyrically descriptive style, and signature introduction to the Dodger games. It's time for Dodger baseball. Hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good afternoon, or even to you, wherever you may be. He is considered by many to be the greatest baseball announcer of all time, according to fan rankings. In addition to Dodgers baseball, Scully called various nationally televised football and golf contests with CBS Sports from 1975 to 1982 and was the NBC Sports lead baseball play-by-play announcer from 1983 to 1989. He also called the World Series for CBS Radio from 79 to 82 and again from 1990 to 1997. Lakina, we're going to make a connection from Vince Scully to Chicago in just a moment, but Growing up, Lakina, I knew of Vince Scully, of course. He was iconic to uh, the game of baseball in Los Angeles and across the country. But the only person that uh, that, that could hold uh, his his tenure, uh, could hold his weight, was Harry Carey here in Chicago for both the White Sox and the Cubs. Of course, he blew up nationally with the Cubs. Thank you to WGN Television going on cable TV back in the day. But... Vince Scully, he was a d- distinctive play-by-play announcer. He, uh, the thing that, I, that attracted me to him the most, that he did most of those games solo on, time on the local broadcast mm-hmm. for the Dodgers. He could tell stories. He was basically doing a talk show while doing the game. And you don't see that too much today because of all the distractions and all the production that goes into television. So uh, we all know that in baseball, in between pitches and in between plays, you s- still have a lot of uh, uh, dead time and so you had to fill in that time and he was and there was no other uh better announcer that could do that uh, than Vince Scully in other sports you do get breaks in the action but in baseball you had to fill in time you had to keep the fans interested in in your broadcast and Vince Scully was the number one in doing that yeah he was and sort of like very versatile versatile too like you said he did the Masters for seven years on CBS he also did a few other uh, you know, baseball and some other. I think he did. Well, remember too, one of the most memorable calls, one of his, you know, very first. Well, okay, maybe second after the Hank Aaron uh, breaking the the, the single season home run record. Of course, he did that back in 1974. A few years later, on when he was on at CBS, of course, he called the Cowboys 49ers 1981 uh, playoff uh, matchup. Of course, you know Dwight Clark and the catch. You know that was R.I.P. to 87. Yes, you know to Mr. Clark, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was actually one of the first that actually kind of kicked off that rivalry too. If you think about it, with the Cowboys and the 49ers, I mean, it was sort of yeah. the 49ers are kind of you know, eh. of course, you also saw the Cowboys and won a couple of Super Bowls, went to like five during the 70s and whatnot. You know, the 49ers are kind of like, eh, whatever, but you know, going back to that, but some of his most memorable calls 1988 game one of the World Series where Kirk, Kirk Gibson 
who was, you can tell, you know, just, you know, Sorrell or was injured, you know, that, you know, that home run, that's another you know, big call that was synonymous. And I remember watching that game and it was just like, just a great call. And I, and I know it's been viewed like millions of times since, uh, since, um, and of course, you know, Kirk Gibson's also having some various health issues too. So wish him mm-hmm. nothing but the best, but uh, yeah, I mean, he was definitely mentally, I mean, he was definitely one of those like versatile guys and, and, and such. I mean, he just had that distinct voice. He knew if, you know, if he was calling your game, you know, and the Dodgers were fans were looking at to have that for years. It, it's just, you know, amazing. He called Dar he you know, go all the way back before then. Don Larson's perfect game in 1956. I mean, just a, you know, <laughs> just uh, just you know, amazing. And just like I said, some of the other, of course, you know, Hank Aaron's, you know, single season home run breaking. You know, you saw that moments and such. You know, of course, Kirk Gibson and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Some of the top masters calls that he did during that time. I actually just saw um, when Tom Watson. I think that was his first match. But I think it was in '78. You know, you saw that great call there. And also, too, uh, Fuzzy Zella when he won the year after that, you know, that hole out on number 10 and during the playoff. So that was a, a great, you know, call by, by him. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think he shows versatility. And also, he, you can tell, you know, the Dodge, you know, Dodge, I'm sure they're going to you know, they're gonna do, I'm sure they're going to do, like, all types of great stuff, you know, in the season in tribute to him and, and mm-hmm. such. But, yeah, just one of those guys that definitely kind of changed the game when it came to broadcasting. His voice kind of soothed a lot of, you know, every uh, people who will listen and, and watch him. And I, I heard uh, Joy, Joe Davis, who does who does it now, currently of the Dodgers. And he said that when also to show how classy men was when, you know, Joe got the job as the you know, the Dodgers play like play guy, he actually called them up and, you know, he congratulated him. And when I, if you saw, you know, check it out. It was from a couple of days ago during their series against the Giants. But just, yeah, you know, we're guys, all for two trying to get to know each other. Yeah, we're all for two. Yeah, so if you just gotta catch that moment, but yeah, just a just a really uh, good guy, and also to a great broadcaster. Just a you know, you can tell like all the tributes and stuff that have poured in in the last few days. Just a one of those guys that's gonna be missed by whether you're a sports fan or not will be missed. You listen to Second City Sports, the live and living color, the Friday edition, right here on Sports on Chicago. Say, looking in here with you, paying tribute to the late great baseball announcer Vince Scully, who passed away at the age of 94 this past Tuesday. Lakina, I was listening to tributes from around the country, in particular in the city of Los Angeles. There are two major radio stations, and uh, one of the programs uh, sh- shared a story that when Monday Night Football kicked off in 1970 on ABC, of course, Howard Cosell got the job, but did you, and this I didn't know until I heard the story the other day. Did you know that Vince Scully was uh basically that job was his? Yep. And just and because uh he wasn't offered health insurance, uh, unlike uh, the organization he was working for with the Dodgers, he didn't take the job. I did not. I actually heard about that that he was up for the Monday Night Football job back then, and like I didn't know that was the reason why he didn't get. It. I think it just didn't. Yeah. I, for what I what I heard, it just didn't work out. I know it was because because of you know health insurance and or lack of health insurance. So good for him. But look, I think they but they both sides end up going doing pretty well for themselves. Yeah, what a, a twist of fate, as they say. Yeah. So you know, look, at it, it's, it's it's crazy how that works. But uh, like I said, it ended up working out for the best for both of them. So that's actually pretty uh interesting. Nineteen eighty two. They nineteen eighty two. I think I got like the year one. They eighty two. Uh. uh uh, uh, playoff game between the Cowboys and the 49ers. I want to make sure I correct myself there. But yeah, just, uh, you know, you can go back and hear all this like synonymous calls and such. I know they've been, MLB Network showed the 88 uh, game one, the 88 World Series that was on NBC. And I think they showed the uh, Henry Aaron uh, breaking that home one record, you know, back in 74. But yeah, just, uh, you know, 
like if you see some like some of his best calls, you know, just to sort of like the moment, he, he didn't really say much. He just mm-hmm. let the moment kind of sort of like speak for itself, and I think that's probably what it, what sort of like it all came down to. I think, like I said, he was just definitely like one of those guys, and and if you hear some of the broadcasters now, I heard like some of them do, and I know Joe Buck paid a really nice tribute to him um a few days ago and just sort of like you see like the influence that he had on a lot of the, the current broadcast especially the current baseball broadcasters yeah I, I usually not the one to do too much free advertising but if you're on youtube i know like many of you are watching us on youtube right now there's a youtube channel called this is where you find baseball please check it out because it has the most in the best di- uh, diverse uh, old school uh, baseball games in its entirety uh, from the collection back from the 80s and 90s and the early 2000s. They posted the Vin Scully's final game against the San Francisco Giants from October 2nd of 2016. They posted it up just a few hours after he passed away. So go find the YouTube channel. This is this is where you find baseball. And they uh, posted up the full game of Le- Vin Scully's last game from 2016. So uh, check that out when you can. I watched the entire thing the other day. It was, uh, I, I couldn't help but get teary-eyed a little bit, Lakinas, but mm-hmm. I remember watching it originally because it, MLB Network, uh, I remember broadcasting that day because it was mm-hmm. historic because that was the last day of the regular season for that year. And like you, like you said, Vin Scully had a, a, a way with words, had a way with storytelling, and it's just something that it's just not, it, it's not crafted anymore. It's not, like I said before, it's all about putting, as we said, it's all about putting on the show, the overproduction of film and presentation. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to hear people just tell stories in, anymore. Well, I remember he was doing some of those games by himself. He didn't have an analyst. With yeah. Him. So mm-hmm. he had to, so he had yeah, to do, not on the local broadcast, no. Yeah, so on a local on a local side, so he had to do play by play, he had to do, do uh, analyzing. So that I'm sure yeah. that I'm sure he 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 mentioned that, that you know years you know years ago that that was not easy for him to do. So when he got finally got an analyst for the local Dodger games, he actually welcomed it because he you know saw how hard it was. So just a just a yeah. you know like kind of like definitely kind of opened the door for a lot of guys and whatnot. Kind of like it was very simplistic. I know some people say a little bit too simplistic now. I think some people were looking at it, but. In this case, it was actually a good thing it was simplistic because of the fact that, yeah. you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, we didn't have a lot of camera angles, you know, back then. There weren't a lot of, you know, bells and whistles. You know, he kind of just let the game kind of tell the story. So I think that's kind of the thing that's probably, some people say it's kind of like what we're missing today with some of the other stuff, like the overproduction and whatnot. But it was, you know, very simple and it actually was a good thing back then. And also, to just a couple other things, I believe this was on John Madden's episode of A Football Life on NFL Network. I believe it's on YouTube. Uh, go check it out. But people people forget, Pat Summerall was not John Madden's first TV partner when Madden got into commentary. It was actually Vince Scully for that first year. And, then, mm-hmm. of course, Pat Summerall came on a couple years later. And number two, as, as far as the Chicago connection, Vince Scully did, I believe, all five of those Cubs-Giants uh, games in the yep. NLCS in 1989. Yep. Before yeah, NBC so lost their contract uh, yep. to CBS at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. So yeah, so definitely, you know, sort of kind of veered into like different different regions of the country and then different, you know, sort of games mm-hmm. and whatnot, different rounds. So he definitely kind of sort of, you know, like I said, paved the way for a lot of the current broadcasts you see today. All right, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. 
the Friday edition, live in the living color, right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakin here with you, paying tribute to Vin Scully, who passed away at the age of 94 this past Tuesday. Lakin, let's bring it back home to Chicago. We do have, uh, I'm not saying it just because we broadcast and live here in Chicago, but we had some of the great broadcasters uh, in history. Mm-hmm. We still have some great ones now on my uh, uh Mount Rushmore of Hall of Fame announcers here in Chicago, Jim Durham. I know he passed away in 2012, two weeks before my mm-hmm. mother passed, but he's one of the main reasons why I wanted to do what I do, uh, get into this business. Of course, Jim Durham uh, did the Bulls games for many years in the late 70s yeah. through 1991 before he uh, boasted for, for Dallas to do the Mavericks games. Of course, he did a whole lot of national stuff for TNT, for basketball, of course, for ESPN TV and radio during his later years. Also, of course, you had Pat Foley, who just retired this year mm-hmm. from the Blackhawks. He's probably the best hockey announcer we ever had in this city. And then, of course, for baseball, uh, I'll pay tribute to Harry Carey. He did it on the south side first day to give us coverage, of course. When he went to the Cubs in 82, uh, he, he benefited from that because of the superstation at WGN called cable TV back mm-hmm. then. And so he's uh, up on the Mount Rushmore of Chicago uh, sports voices of, of all time, in my opinion. And then for football, I know he's up in enemy territory up north, and he mm-hmm. was on our po- on the podcast of our good friend, a uh, j- friend of this show, George Hoffman, the other day, Wayne Larrabee, mm-hmm. who did the Bears games from 85 through 98. Those are my Mount Rushmore of uh, sports uh, play-by-play man in the city of Chicago in history. Well, um, yeah, I yours? think. Yeah, yeah, I think that you could probably make a case. No, Pat Foley's up there, definitely. Harry Carey's up there. Uh, I know he's a polarizing figure, but I think Hawk Harrelson is a is really good as well. And I also, I'll put Jim Durham there because I, I think he kind of like he was there for a little, you know, like the first couple of those uh, Bulls championships. So I, it definitely, he definitely kind of like sort of you know made it kind of had the voice of the fan voice you know jim durham had so that was him and johnny kind of, Ricker were the best yeah yeah they were and oh uh, yeah i think that would definitely be my 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 mount rushmore of you know top uh broadcasts uh, you know way larry is definitely one a for me right there in that that second tier because of he not only he did uh the ball games for a few years when the ball was really good so back in the 80s and 90s and when they had it on the on channel nine the super station so yeah yeah, and so, he did the uh, Bulls too. Let's not forget. Oh yeah, you know, I was like, Jim Dore was replaced. Yeah, I'll say him for for uh, like about a year or two. But yeah, I think he's definitely up there in that second tier. But we looked out here in Chicago with some of our local guys, you know, and even some of our our local folks, you know, Adam Amin and Jason Minetti. They're both local mm-hmm. guys. Um, of course, uh, um, <clears throat> of course, you know, uh, of course, uh, Len, Len Casper does the radio. Did it for Cubs for years. Still doing radio for the White Sox. Also, to uh, Boog uh, Shiami, who, yeah, yeah, he's more of a national guy, but he's definitely, you know, sort of localized here in Chicago, too, with during the during the Cubs uh, games. Of course, we're going to try to get him on the show at some point, but Chris Vosters, uh, we got to talk about uh, the Blackhawks, you know, going to for Wisconsin, playing the Wild for one of the, uh, for a preseason game. We got to talk about that a little bit later, soon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we got, we got, look, we got like a nice little mix here of, of, of a top broadcaster in Chicago, both current and uh, past. And also, too, I'd like to give a shout out to Pat Hughes. Uh, he, yes. Of course, he does a great job on the Cubs radio. He's been doing it for the Cubs since 1996. And so he should be in the Hall of Fame uh, right now. <clears throat> Don't wait till he retires to, until he gets that. Until he gets that. Now, I, I know you mentioned Hulk Harrison, Harrelson earlier, but Pat Hughes should be in the Hall of Fame with a, a Ford Frick Award as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, of course, I'm not a Cubs fan, but uh, I, I pay good respects and give people just do when they deserve. So Pat Hughes is up there for me as well. 
because he's seen a oh. lot of stuff, especially oh, dealing yeah. with the Cubs, both good mm -hmm. and bad. Oh yeah, he's been he called the 2016 <laughs> Cubs World Series win, oh, and of course was... he saw the Sammy Sosa home run yeah. chase in '98. And of course, we all know what happened in '03, but mm -hmm. uh, but before then he did Kansas City in Milwaukee uh, back in the day. So he has had a Hall of Fame career as well. Yeah, it always, it always does it with, with a lot of enthusiasm and a smile on his face. Even now, with the yeah. Cubs being at the state they are right now, he always has a smile on his face. I think he knows that, look, you know, things are hard enough, and I know the Cubs are not very good, but he's going to, he and Ron Cooper do a great job, you know, with the games, yeah. on the score. So, yeah, just a great, uh, just a, just a great, because like I said, we have a great, like, uh, depth of broadcasters here in Chicago. So, and we definitely appreciate them. Yes, we do appreciate them. And here's our tribute to the late, great Vince Scully. You're, Legacy and legend will not be forgotten. So peace and love to the Vince Scully family. And uh, he's a legend that will never, ever be forgotten. Lakina, we had to break for the bottom of the hour. But when we return, it's early, but we still got to bring on our girl, Miss Christine, the Queen Manica from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We'll get her thoughts about Vince Scully, the White Sox, and everything else in between. And football's back, among other things. Yay! And we'll get her thoughts about that and much more. You listen to the Friday edition of Second City Sports, live in living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The White Sox had Thursday off. They're back to work tonight. 7-10 first pitch at home against Oakland. 1-3 right-hander Lance Lynn starts for the Sox. 1-5 ready James Caprillion gets the nod for the A's. The Sox have wins in 6-10. They're third in the American League Central. Three games out of first place. One game behind second place Cleveland. Oakland comes in with wins in 7-10. They've won three straight. The Cubs visit the Giants tonight. 9-15 Central first pitch from San Francisco. 2-5 right-hander Marcus Stroman faces 3-4 righty Alex Cobb. Last night, the Giants held on for a 4-2 win over the Cubs that snapped San Francisco's seven-game losing skit. All of San Francisco's runs were unearned. Cubs starter Justin Steele went three and two-thirds. He gave up five hits, a walk, and struck out six. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. I want to make the most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Flex styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off for July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's account for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut Butter Cups. That, that breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color on a Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can get at me on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. 
S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrum McGee on the IG. We got less than 90 minutes left of this extravaganza we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you want to get at us, as the kids would say, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. I know it's been a couple weeks. I know it's early in the program, but join us right now. It's on Paul Grove from KXRB Radio. It's Christine, the Queen Manica. What up, Christine? Hi, guys. Hello, hello, hello. How's it going? It's it's busy, very busy, but we're doing good. What about over there? Same, same. We're it's hot. Up. Well, yeah, it's hot. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah. I mean, gotta... why did you have my hair like this? I can't deal with it when it's. <laughs> I can't do anything when it's this hot. Oh, the humidity! It'll kill yeah. you every single time. Okay, okay. So where do you want to go first? We got we got a lot to pack into like a next half hour with Miss Christine. All right, Christine, I know since you're younger than us, uh, we in our last segment, we opened up the show uh, paying tribute to Vince Scully. Uh, what did you know about him before his passing on Tuesday, and what did you learn about him uh, for the last couple of days? Gosh, what, what didn't I learn about him, or what don't I know about him? He's such a legend. He, to have a career that spans decades, 60-plus years, that, that's amazing. It, it's almost mm -hmm. unheard of in this business to stay at a certain spot for that period of time. Um, it didn't feel like too long ago that he retired, you know, it was 2016, yeah. I believe. So just five years ago and, you know, he will be the voice of, uh, of the Dodgers. And, and the fact that a legend like that is, is gone all you can say is what a life what a career 90 90 plus years old and you know his voice is gonna live on in infamy for sure do you have like a i know you know do you have like a favorite vince Scully mode that you've probably seen on youtube or through highlights in the last few days i, I love watching his um retirement video i think it was very sentimental and he really focused <laughs> about the organization and the fans and he he didn't really draw the attention towards himself because he said i i wouldn't be here without everybody uh, around him and there was a fun video that uh that my boyfriend chris has been showing me about how he can just jump from one conversation to baseball like like nothing like he would just kind of hop right mm -hmm. back into the game mm -hmm. when he was going off into a tangent about about some story but it, it's definitely it's we are all going to miss him. That is a voice that that can't be taught. Uh, before we move on, the guys, uh, Lakina, this is um, I meant to point this out during the uh, open of our show. Isn't it ironic that uh, 2016 uh, it was the Dodgers versus the San Francisco Giants in the Bay when Vince Scully's last mm -hmm. game, and then when he passed away uh, this past Tuesday, the Dodgers were playing the Giants in San Francisco. How ironic yeah. was that? Yeah, <laughs> very, very. All right, from. Yeah, from one um, from one uh, big story to another, let's go local. Keeping it with the theme of baseball, the fifty-three and fifty-two White Sox—they still one game back of Cleveland, two behind Minnesota. They couldn't take advantage last night. Christine, <laughs> I as of right now, I don't have the energy to throw something at this screen, so I'm gonna be <laughs> professional here. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna let you do it. They take two or three from Oakland last weekend at home. You take two or three at Kansas City, 
And then the offense uh, decides to take four steps back last night against a bad Texas team. Uh, can you give a better explanation than I can? I I, I don't know what to say at this point. <laughs> uh, well, um, positives here. They are above 500 for the first time since April. That, that's one positive. Dylan Cease just got himself another award for the month of July, which – Again, I, I said it in the beginning, he's the player to watch out for. I'm going to keep on mentioning it because he's, he's <laughs> pulling out all the stops. And, you know, it's like we were talking about during the All-Star break. This is the point of the season now where either players want it or they kind of want it. It, it depends on really where they envision themselves. I don't think it helps that, you know, apparently Tony is sleeping on the bench from what I saw <laughs> in the video. But I, I think there's enough grit, there's enough fire in this team to to pull something something out. We we saw that they were able to get a couple of games off in Minnesota right back into the second half of the season, and I I expect them to only grow from here. Did they do any major moves? No. Even Rick Hunt said that he was disappointed that they couldn't make anything major happen now we got a picture from boston but that's pretty much it that that's pretty much all that we we did we never dealed and wheeled or or anything like that for the most part so for the most part i i think it's pretty stagnant right now it, it's just about building on from what you had to start the season until now now there were a lot of wheel well other teams were wheeling and dealing not not neither not neither the chicago teams yeah. not the padres you know they're they're right through the uh the luxury tax now. Yeah, no I know. Oh, the Yankees made a couple of moves. I know Toronto made some moves. What kind of stuck out to you? Uh, you know, well, with all the trades, what 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 trades stuck out to you? I think it was surprising that um, I I guess the White Sox I heard were trying to get Shohei Otani. That like they like put they put their hat in the rink again. Like I I never see that happening. Him leaving the angels anytime soon. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they even attempted that. Um, another one that I thought was kind of interesting were uh, the Brewers giving up one of their key pitchers there. They're, they're having a decent season, not like how they were in the past, but they're having a pretty consistent season. So I, I was kind of shocked by that move that they did actually. Yeah, Josh hated the closer for the Milwaukee um, mm -hmm. was traded to San Diego, of course. Now San Diego also has Josh Bell and Juan Soto. Look, Christine, uh, going back to the White Sox one more time, you know, I, I saw some of that press conference that Rick Hahn did uh, before Tuesday's game against uh, against Kansas City. He, he talked about he was frustrated and tired, but he still believes in, a, in this ball club. Do you think there's a friendship between him and Tony La Russa? And were you frustrated as a fan that the White Sox couldn't make any more moves? Me personally, as a fan, I am frustrated, but I, I'm more leaning on the side because I'm, we were talking heads over this side, on this side of the mic, that I didn't really didn't expect the Sox to do too much. You, know, you got the reliever from, from the Red Sox. He's been doing great so far, far, but I didn't expect the Sox to do too much, to be honest with you. I'm just taking it uh, as an analyst on this side of the mic. No, I agree. I, I didn't expect anything big either. Um, I'm glad, actually, that they didn't do anything too dramatic because, look, you don't want to fix what isn't totally broken, you know? You don't want to do any dramatic moves that could potentially change the dynamic of whatever is the, the clubhouse. It's kind of going back and forth. 
the relationship I think Rick has with Larusa, um, I don't know. That's a very hard question just because I think Larusa was just kind of placed in the White Sox with not really having Rick Hahn's total viewpoint or opinion on the matter. That's just my opinion, just because of how quickly it happened, given out all the other coaches available during that time. Do I think they get along? Yeah, I think they get along to an extent. Do they agree things? Do they see things, everything eye to eye? No, because Larusa, he's he's bringing in the classic way of playing baseball, and, and it hasn't really caught up to how the game is played now. It's changed since back then. So I, I think they can agree to disagree on, on issues for sure. I, that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean I don't think they get along, though. Yeah, that's the, the, kind of like the number one question there. Do they get along? Probably not. Yeah. Okay, switching gears and talk of the little NFL. Now, did okay, be honest. How much did you guys see the the Hall of Fame game between the Jaguars and the, and the Raiders last night? Be honest. Zero. Oh. <laughs> I watched the nine-minute highlight package on YouTube an hour ago. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, I just saw the highlight package, you know, on, on Get Up this morning. I think maybe I think I might, might see like one series, but you yeah. know, it, it's a little bit nutty. But uh, okay, I'll, I'll ask you this. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll we'll go up. We'll go on the on the field for a second. What do you think about what do you think about the Deshaun Watson situation? Oh, you know, first you know it's suspended for six games, but now. Uh, Raj Goodell has hired an arb- well, not not an arbitrator per se, but some like a, a third party to kind of who has experience, you know, you know, prosecuting, you know, sex assault cases. Where do you see this going? Cause I, cause I see this going to the courts. What do you think? I let me just say it's interesting how this is all playing out. First of all, I've been pretty vocal about this publicly and online. I don't think he should be playing. Period. End of discussion. There is like I said at the beginning of this case, a huge difference between one or two complaints to 20-plus reports about these allegations. And I I think he, he just should not be allowed to play in the NFL. Why Cleveland decided to pick him up is beyond me, and it's something that they're going to have to deal with for the seasons to come. Um, I don't think it was the best move for them. They were just kind of getting the team back going with Baker Mayfield and to just have this issue like Deshaun Watson right now, I don't think it's smart as an organization. They're going to lose. They've obviously lost season ticket holders because of this. Jim Tomey's wife being one of them, so the Tomey family. They're going to lose sponsors out of this, and they're just going to lose respect in general. I, I can't see a player on the O-line who is willing to defend a guy like Deshaun Watson after everything that's come out. You look at Deflategate with Tom Brady. He got suspended four games. And for this, only six games? That's not that's not right. So the NFL has every right to appeal this decision. And I think it will go to court. I, I don't think Deshaun Watson's going to get off as easily as what he thinks. And I'm, I'm sticking to my my guns here, and I'm saying he should not play in the NFL. It's it's absolutely disgusting, in my opinion. 
A couple of things that Christine brought up, and we talked about this on Monday's show, Lakina. The NFL is worried about its image, a.k.a. the Shield, and they're worried about their sponsors as well, and that's why they appealed, and we, we talked about it on Monday. Uh, we expected the NFL to appeal this suspension, and that's what they're doing right now. Here's the thing. We saw this with the Michael Vick case. We saw this to a lesser stick with, with the Tom Brady, with Tom Brady and Deflategate, both two totally different cases. When mm-hmm. when those guys came back, they started producing, and those teams started winning. Of course, Brady's team as the Patriots won a couple of Super Bowls after that, and Michael Vick uh, still had a good career. But once those players stayed out of trouble and started winning, and Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's retired now, he wasn't suspended for the rape case yeah. uh, back at, back in the day. If you stay out of trouble and you keep winning, uh, fans are very forgiving real quick. So will that happen to Deshaun Watson? That remains to be seen. But I heard somebody say this on a national radio show the other day, and I'll bring it up here. With the NFL appealing that six-game suspension, if Deshaun Watson's attorneys can see a loophole within that, and they say that Deshaun Watson can play on opening day until that, until that suspension is resolved, you, you don't think he'll do that? Because remember, he set out the entire year last year, but he got paid. But if there's a loophole in there that he's allowed to play until the, the suspension uh, comes to uh, comes to a final resolution, I think he'll do it. And, uh, whether we like it or not, he has every right legally to do that. He does. He absolutely has every legal right. Does it make it right what he did? No. But it, I think the whole scary part for me The guy is pretty much my age. And I think I brought this up a while back when everything first started to come out. So to me, it's not, it's scary what he did. But in my perspective, it's scary that it's a guy that's my age that just went off and did this just because he thought that he had the right and and because he thought he had the privilege to, to take advantage of whatever the situation was. So that that to me is the is the horrifying part. Yeah, that yeah, definitely. And we'll see how this goes. Like I said, this is probably going to get this is going to get ugly and it's going to go to the courts and we'll just have to wait and see what happens now. Uh, talk going totally different direction here. We're going to talk about the uh, the defending uh, Super Bowl champion Rams. And it's a little bit of concern you know, with uh, Matt Stafford's throwing uh, elbow. Uh, Coach McVay said uh, yesterday after practice that is very abnormal. It's very like a baseball kind of elbow injury. They're being very cautious. Should the Rams, should Rams, should the Rams and their fans be concerned? No, I think the Rams fans have to remember Stafford is a veteran quarterback. Okay, he wasn't like a second time or a third year player. He was at that point last year a veteran quarterback. He's he's not as young as as the guys out there now. And I think it's that all catching up to him. So I would be patient still. The fact that they're monitoring it is a good sign. But again, it, it's important to keep in mind that he's he's not a young buck. He's, he's a true veteran. And Lakina, didn't uh, Stafford had a procedure done uh, during the offseason anyway? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I, and he wasn't going to play this preseason anyway. As long as he's ready by September 8th when they host Buffalo on ring night, that's that's the only thing if you're a Rancher, you should be concerned about. Stafford wasn't going to play any preseason games uh, this season anyway. And so as long as he's ready on September Thursday, September 8th against Buffalo, uh, you should be good there. 
Yeah, as long as it. Well, I think if you're a Rams or 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 the Ram or a Rams fan, you should be happy this is happening now. Like you know, during you know training camp and whatnot, going into the preseason instead of like in the in the in the uh, the regular season. So better off that this happens. This issue comes up now as a uh, well, you don't want injuries to happen any kind of any time this season, but better it happens now during uh, training camp and preseason. So he probably he was going to be playing in anyway. Yeah. You listen to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine hanging out here with you. Christine, uh, let's continue on with the NFL. Tevin Jenkins, last year's first round pick from the Chicago Bears office of tackle. Now people are questioning his toughness, his commitment to the team. Head coach Matt Eberflus has some words for him in, in Justin Fields. We'll get to Justin Fields later. But uh, now uh, GM Ryan Pulse is um, making calls to see if they could trade for Tevin Jenkins. Uh, this situation is getting a little dicey, uh, and the Bears, just like everybody else, their preseason schedule starts next weekend. Uh, what do you make about all this as the Bears are trying to uh, re rebuild and start a new culture? You know, from the beginning of Ryan and Matt 2.0, I'll call it, they were, <laughs> they were very clear about wanting to clean house within the organization. They they didn't beat around the bush with it. They said, we're here to change the culture, the atmosphere, and just the overall dynamic of the team to get it to that championship status. Um, and it's it can be tough on a second-year player that's worked with one coach and one program one minute to go into this transitional period of a completely different culture, a completely different coaching style. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in this situation, when it's not necessarily the, the, the coaches that drafted you or for some college athletes, when it's a coach that originally signed you, the dynamic sometimes doesn't work. And maybe that's what's going on here where Eberflus and Poles are realizing okay, maybe this guy doesn't necessarily work with our new format and our new culture of what we're trying to create here for this organization. So I don't think it's anything personally. I just think it's professionally what, what's going on there. That's, that's, well, yeah, so the various reports are saying that, you know, he's, they're talking about trade possibilities, but then you know he said, "Hey, don't don't believe everything you hear or read." So who knows what's true and what's not? Mm -hmm. But let's go to golf for a second. Of course, the FedEx Cup will start next week, but Phil Mickelson, Bryson DeChambeau, among eleven other uh, live golfers, have filed an antitrust lawsuit against the PGA Tour to let them play in tour events. Uh, we'll see what happens in the Ryder Cup next year. Uh, what do you think is going on here among all this? Because this is just, this has gotten a little bit, I figured that we, I think we both figured that it was going to happen, but now that it's happening, okay, game on, I guess. Yeah, it, it's not really surprising that they would do this. I want to quick mention about um, Tiger Woods with the, with the lift tour. Yeah. He turned them down real quick, real quick with that. And we'll, we'll get more into it, but I, I, I think anybody who keeps up with golf saw this coming when it came to Mickelson and DeChambeau Johnson just pleading against saying, hey, allow us to play. And the PGA was very transparent at the start, saying that there are going to be consequences for these players that decided to pursue other opportunities outside of the PGA. And that's exactly what's happening right now. And they're realizing it. 
Now, I know a lot of these players that did join the Live Tour did it for various reasons, whether it was because the money, whether it was because of the schedule, the the lack of schedule, I should say, and just giving them more freedom to kind of have a little bit more of a personal space than more dedicated to golf. So it, it's not surprising that they're pleading and filing this suit to come back. And I think the PGA is going to stick on their guns with this. I think they're they're really going to hold on strong and say, no, this is this is what you decided to do. So either you come back with us or you stay where you're at because you can't have it both ways. We talked about this before, Lakina, the Live Tour. Uh, uh, I know they're associated with Saudi Arabia. I know a lot of Americans have a problem with that. I think that's one of the reasons why Charles Barkley is not working over there because one his the uh, his sponsorships that he is working for, mm -hmm. uh, they have a problem with it. Of course, you mentioned. I know you're gonna get into this in a second, but Tiger Woods. Uh, I know this was reportedly offered a big payday to join them, but. You, both both Woods and Barkley really don't need the money. For Barkley, it was more exposure of being a crossover um, celebrity to help promote uh, the Live Tour. But for Tiger Woods, especially at the point at the point at this point of his career, he really doesn't need the money. Why would he go over there? Unless it's something that we don't know about. Why would he go over there? I mean, in terms of Tiger Woods, right? And it's the guy has already been through so much already at this point mm -hmm. in his career especially with uh, that that horrible car accident. He's just trying to get back in the game. He's just trying to get back to that competitive level before the accident. And I think that's his main priority. It's not about the money. It's frankly not about the wins right now. It's about getting him back physically and mentally for the majors ahead. Yeah, and also too with you know with the Ryder Cup, especially coming up next year, in you know it, it'll be in Italy for the first time. Of course, now a new uh, Euro captain, uh, Luke Donald. He wants, of course, Northwestern uh, guy. Uh, he wants clarity in some of that stuff. Will live players be, be able to participate in the uh, Ryder Cup next year and whatnot, or will there be like other rules and such? So they're still trying to figure that part yeah. out too. I think I I heard the other day Darren Love the Third said that he is willing, along with a bunch of other players with the PGA, they're willing to protest events and not do it if the Live players, if the players that went to the Live Tour are allowed to play in PGA events and to play in majors and to play in the Ryder Cup. So, so that's something to consider too, is probably what the PGA is thinking. And another reason why they're gonna they're gonna hold their own and really stick to stick to their words. You're listening to Second City Sports Live and in Living Color, the Friday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine with you. We're, we're down the home stretch with our good friend, the Queen from KX, KXRB Radio. Going back to baseball, Christine, it was announced a couple of days ago that, that the, the Chicago Cubs will participate in, of course, the next Thursday's Field the Dreams game against Yay. the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I'll get your... I'll, I'll get your opinion on that in just a moment. But uh, the Cubs will be playing overseas next year against the St. Louis Cardinals in London for a three-game series next June, of course. They were supposed to do it two years ago, but the pandemic wiped all of that away. Of course, the Boston and Yankees played over there three years ago, and it looked like a softball game, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the MLB trying to expand internationally? They did it 20 years, 20 plus years ago with the Cubs and the New York Mets to open up the 2000 season. Of course, 
they had a few other teams play regular season games here and there over there over the last several years. But what do you think about MLB trying to expand that game overseas again? Well, they're probably thinking if the NFL can do it, why can't we do it? So I think they're <laughs> they're kind of having a little friendly competition there in that sense. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that should be interesting. Um, I don't think the jet lag is going to help the Cubs any better. But, yeah, that, that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that'll be interesting because because baseball in London that doesn't really like you know we we saw this a few years ago and it didn't end well but uh, we'll see what happens with the you know Cubs and the Cardinals well especially with next week's uh, Field of Dreams game I mean it's gonna be hard to top the Sox and the Yankees from last year yeah. you're not gonna be able to top that <laughs> no especially the season was different you know the Sox were hot the Yankees were hot. And the Cubs and Reds are are not. So is it going to be a well-attended and viewed game? I think so, just because of the historical aspect of it. Is it going to be this whole big grand gesture of of theater and Kevin Costner and the legends coming out? I I don't think so. No, not this time around. Will you be watching? Ah, well... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> take a peek take a peek yeah. at it take a peek at it take a peek you'll take a peek i will take a peek at it but right. i will not watch it. i'm i'm a Sox fan i can't like i i can't <laughs> take a peek just take a peek yeah. take a peek uh, yeah, it, no go ahead sit sorry okay now i just want to get christine's opinion on this so speaking of the cuz wilson Contreras and ian have we both thought they were going to be traded uh what this past they? tuesday yeah and it didn't happen of course Wilson Contreras was crying his eyes out last week yes. during his potential potential last mm-hmm. home game. Of course, now he's with the Cubs. Uh, I know some people say you had the Cubs had no choice to, to resign him. Correct? I said they can still get rid of him, but in free agency, but they'll get a, a compensatory uh, draft pick. Uh, if you're Wilson Contreras, uh, you, you're just looking around like I was supposed to get traded. Now I'm still here. Thank you, Chicago. But we're gonna have to go through all this again in a couple of months. If you're Wilson Contreras right now, Christine, what would you be feeling right now? He, I mean, he took down everything Cubs related in his bio on Instagram. He did a whole goodbye post. He cried on like WGN and a couple of other stations about his last home game in Chicago. He, he really thought that he was going to go like between him and Ian Happ, he, he thought for sure this this was his run with with the Cubs, but I I think he's gonna use this time to you know savor that moment with the team. No matter what happens in a couple of months, who knows? Maybe the Cubs decide to keep him and really surprise him. But um, I, I think this is a it's a good reminder to say, hey, you know, we we value you still. We we still want you to be a part of this team this season. And I think that says a lot too. It shows him respect, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, quick NBA question too before we let you go. Uh, apparently, there are negotiations you know, taking place. Is the windows open for LeBron James to re-sign with the Lakers? Do you think he goes back to the Lakers? You know, he's, his contract's up. His contract's up at the end of the season. After the end of this season coming up. You know, I don't think it's going to be like the big quote-unquote decision that we saw all those years ago, a TV special and all that jazz. Um, I think, and I remember reading this in an article not too long ago, I think after this contract is up, I think he wants to go wherever his son is going to end up, 
for, you know, that last little hurrah and to have a chance to, to play with him professionally and, and, and share that moment together. I think that's what's going to end up happening somewhere down the road. Could, could it mean a little negotiation for another year with the Lakers? Yeah. But ultimately he wants to play with his son to round out his career. And I think that's, I think that's really sweet. All right, Christine, before we go, he's going to join us to kick off our number two of this program, but we like to bring him for the first time on our show. And just to give, uh, just for him to give you a quick hello, he's our guy, Herb Lawrence from CHGO Podcast. He covers the White Sox for the great great company. Hello, Herb. How are you? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Hello, Christine. How are you doing? Hi, Herbie. How are you? I'm doing well. How's uh, was it South Dakota? Yeah, yeah. You gotta tell Sean I said hi. Is, is are you keeping him in line over there? Always, always. Yeah, I know. You guys went to school together, right? We did. We did. He's he's a fun guy. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So very excited for for you guys. I I keep up with your show too, and I'm I'm very very excited for you guys. It, it's a great project, and and you guys are doing a good job, really. Appreciate that, and uh, I've been seeing you guys doing your thing out there. I mean, you're progressing on the radio station. That's awesome. That's awesome to see, and uh, congratulations on all your success. Thank you, thank you. It's it's been busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to stop, which is always a good thing. And tell oh. Colleen I said hello. Oh my God, she's going to flip. You know, my mom. She when when Herb was on on the score, she would call in to win contests. I'm not kidding with this. The last time she won tickets to a Bulls game, Herb texted me saying, your mom just won Bulls tickets. I'm like, get out of here. I'm like, is that allowed since I'm in the radio? Like, can she actually win? So, oh, my gosh. The first time I met Herbie, too, it was so funny. It was going through uh, another contest that Colleen won. And it was um, with uh, oh Mitch Rosen when he went to visit SXU. I told him that we were coming out and he gave us the opportunity to look around the studio. And that's where, that's where we met her for the first time. So we, we call ourselves our little fan club for, uh, for Herbie. <laughs> I appreciate I, that. Yeah. It was great to meet you and your sister, Kate. It was awesome. They're, yeah, you guys are great yeah. people. Yeah. She, she's got one more year left at U of I. She's, she's going to be a doctor way smarter than you and me, than all of us. So. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> for sure. Oh, I love how I love how all this work this works out. This works out. Yeah, another Kodak moment, better. courtesy of Second City Sports. <laughs> yeah, oh. hey, yeah, come on in the next couple of weeks. We can really dish out some stuff. Oh Lord, oh, you know boy. me. I mean, and that's like an hour behind, right? Too. So I get uh, extra. Oh, we're the same time. You're central. Oh, okay. Then oh, so I don't have to wake up early. That's cool. Yeah, I'm in. See, there you go. Oh, I, oh, I love it when a plan comes together unintentionally, and it's just so, yes. so, so, uh, it's so cool how that works out. Uh, okay, Christine, once again, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got a busy weekend plan. Uh, where people can find you on uh, the social media? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at cmanica underscore kxrb. All right, Christine, well, uh, uh, great job today, and we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Herb, I'll, I'll talk to you later. See ya. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Stay safe. All right, Christine. You too. Bye. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun 
Our guy Herb Lawrence from CHGO Sports, who covers the White Sox, will join us to kick off hour number two after this. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The White Sox had Thursday off. They're back to work tonight. 7-10 first pitch at home against Oakland. 1-3 right-hander Lance Lynn starts for the Sox. 1-5 ready James Caprillion gets the nod for the A's. The Sox have wins in 6-10. They're third in the American League Central. Three games out of first place. One game behind second place Cleveland. Oakland comes in with wins in 7-10. They've won three straight. The Cubs visit the Giants tonight. 9-15 Central first pitch from San Francisco. 2-5 right-hander Marcus Stroman faces 3-4 righty Alex Cobb. Last night, the Giants held on for a 4-2 win over the Cubs that snapped San Francisco's seven-game losing skit. All of San Francisco's runs were unearned. Cubs starter Justin Steele went three and two-thirds. He gave up five hits, a walk, and struck out six. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. I want to make the most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Select styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off for July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's account for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut Butter Cups. That, That breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right? And welcome back to Second City. Uh, welcome back to Second City Sports mm-hmm. on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Lakina McGee. You can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. We have less than an hour left of this extravaganza we call a Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guest? You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But before we kick off our number two, we have to remind you that Sports on Chicago is also available now on Roku TV. That's why you can access Sports on Chicago on Roku TV. Liam Hentress likes it, and so should you. Get with the program. Roku TV, you can catch Sports Zone Chicago live and on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. If you already have a Roku television, just click on the sports section, download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku TV, you can still stream uh, Sports Zone Chicago on all your uh, streaming devices, your iPhone, iPad, iTouch, 
uh, whatever the hell you want to call it, laptops. Just download their Roku TV app and access Sports Hill Chicago uh, through there. Kicking up our number two of Second City Sports. Uh, he's formerly of 670. The score had a chance to work with them. Uh, co-host, he was a uh, guest co-host on the Dean Davis show back on the sports uh, uh, ChicagolandSportsRadio.com days back in the day. And I met him a couple of times this year uh, at at at, a, uh, at the Sox games. Uh, he's the one and only Herb Lawrence from CHGO Sports. He does a great job with pre and post game for the White Sox. You can find him on the Twitter at Agnorall23. Once again, at Agnorall23. Herb, welcome to our program. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It was a nice opening there, too. Appreciate the kind words. Good meeting you. Oh, no problem. No problem. You yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a great tailgate for one of our uh, shout out to our girl, uh, White Sox Twitter, Joy Ailes, our 50th birthday. And I saw her yes. again. We was in Lot B. Uh, uh, just uh, as the young kids would say, chopping it up with uh, with old followers, new friends, old friends as well. So uh, it, it was a great time. I saw, uh, I finally actually had a chance to meet his soon to be wife. And she's she's going to law school. So uh, tell her once again, the congratulations to her on that. And hopefully she passes the bar. Definitely. Courtney is uh, doing some good stuff, and I'm glad that uh, she chose me, and uh, I can ride on her coattails to this lawyer thing. <laughs> it's be great. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm dear. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> she's, oh my she's doing a lot of work. I mean, she's working full-time and going yeah. to school. Oh, yeah. It's, like, very stressful. Yeah. So she's she's oh, yeah. uh, she, better than me, like, in money ways, and especially that way. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we... Yeah, we we yeah, yeah we think this as the kids would say the struggle is real, so we get it, we get mm -hmm. it. Speaking mm -hmm. of struggling, the uh, I, I know we're going from one extreme to another. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I know I know you you're tired from um I'm sure discussing this on your on your post-game show last night, but the White Sides had a golden opportunity to close in the gap between them and the Minnesota Twins, both Minnesota and Cleveland lost. The Sox offense decided not to show up last night. Johnny Cueto is, is still doing it again. Me personally, he's the second best pitcher on the team behind Dylan Cease. But where the hell did the offense go last night? Especially after that first inning, bases loaded. You could not scratch out not one run. It's inexcusable. You can take it from there. <laughs> yeah, it was just very uh, tiresome. We've seen this happen time and time again this year with the White Sox. They get bases loaded via uh, Andrew Vaughn five pitch walk where the pitcher was nowhere mm -hmm. near close yeah. except for on the three Oh pitch where Andrew was taking it the whole time. The next guy comes up is Yohan Moncada. The pitching coach for the uh, tiger uh, for Texas came out, talked to the pitcher, settled him down, whatever. So if you're a batter, usually I'm thinking you just walk the dude on five pitches. I'm mm -hmm. going to be patient. I'm going to allow this young player who's making his major league debut get himself into trouble. He's got to come to me. But instead, Yohan Moncada swings at the first pitch. It's an inside fastball, pretty much pops it up to the shortstop or second baseman, and the inning is over. Just that bats like that just take me out every time with the White Sox. You can lose because the other team is better. The pitcher was on his game. You just didn't have it for your pitcher. He was giving up mm -hmm. rocket shots. Mm -hmm. But when you lose because you don't execute simple plays or you don't understand what the situation calls for that's what makes me mad the white Sox have done that time and again this year with execution at the plate and that's why they have such a poor uh average when it comes to bases loaded and um no matter how many else their white Sox fail more times than not more than any other major league team 
The only thing that's keeping the White Sox in it is the fact that the division is so not so bad. Well, I'm not going to say bad, but it's just not, it's mediocre at best. I'll say that. But mm -hmm. it's the little things, you know, like your fielding issues and like what happened last night with Moncada. It, it just it gives White Sox fans a little bit of hope besides the fact that they're in the AL Central Herb. <laughs> I mean, the hope is that those guys who are struggling now, Yoan Moncada, Yasmani Grandal specifically, can play a lot better. I mean, Yohan's struggling less than he was early in the season, so he's looking actually kind of almost like himself without the power bat. But Yasmani Grandal has been lost. He just came back from the IL where he crushed it down in a rehab start or rehab starts down in double A AA and triple A. So we're like, okay, here we go again because last year after he came back from injury, he killed it in the second half to the tune. I think eventually he had 23 home runs and about 63 driven in. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the best offensive catchers in the game this year. He is lost. He has, I think, only two home runs on the year. And that is not him. He is not attacking the ball like sometimes he does. He's not getting on base at the clip that he gets on usually. And so those two guys just turn into their average selves, not the 99th percentile of themselves, somewhere in the 50th or 75th percentile of them regular selves the White Sox offense will take off because all the rest of the guys have had not only good seasons, some have had great seasons uh, sans power. You know, Andrew Vaughn, as his first or second year, is doing well with the bat. Jose Abreu is in his favorite month. He's crushing the ball right now. Aloy Jimenez has come off the designated uh, the energy injured list and has shown the power that we've needed. You know, few and far between, but a little bit a glimpse of what Aloy can do when he gets – bats a ball and I think he's on a 10 game hitting streak himself mm -hmm. so there's people Luis Robert just came back from his IL stint so that last night was the first time that those six players uh, the top six players in TA have played together this whole year so that was gives me hope if you're a White Sox fan because you haven't had your complete lineup this whole season and now you do and so yesterday's only scoring two runs does it leave uh you know does it give you hope but know that if those guys, all six of those guys, including Andrew Vaughn as the seventh guy, start hitting as they do, this team will take off. But I've been saying that for four months now, and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> we'll see We'll see what happens starting tonight. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid looking here with you. We're talking with Herb Lawrence from CHGO Sports who covers the White Sox, along with Sean Anderson and Vidi Duber. They do a great job on pre- and post-game. Go to allchgo.com to visit their website and keep it locked right here on YouTube and search for CHGO Sports to watch their pre- and post-game coverage uh, right there as well. Herb, the only reason why the Sox are in it, besides being in the trash division, is they're starting pitching and taking the bump tonight is Dylan Cease. Uh, what realistic chance do you have of, uh, Dylan sees. Uh, uh, do you give Dylan sees a win at AL Cy Young Award? You you have Shane McClanahan of Tampa Bay. Of course, you have Justin Verlander who's having a comeback uh, season off of Tommy John for the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros are going to the playoffs unless they have a real big collapse, which I don't do not see happening. Tampa Bay has been worse than the White Sox losing to bad teams. But me personally, if Dylan sees is going to win that award, the Sox going to have to win this division, and Dylan sees is going to have to have. Closer to a dominant second half, what are your thoughts? I agree with you. He is the reigning two-time American League Pitcher of the Month. Remember, he did not mm -hmm. go to the All-Star game because mm -hmm. dumb politics. And that is why I think 
Dylan Cease won't win the Cy Young Award winner, a uh, Cy Young Award this year because you just talked about it. Justin Verlander is a what two, three time Cy Young Award winner mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. back and having this strong season at the age of 39, 40. Mm-hmm. That's automatically a story. He's got the about the similar uh, earn run average as Dylan Cease right now. And I see maybe a little correction for Dylan Cease coming up. I mean, you can't be as dominant as he's been. We're two months. In June and July, he's been sub one ERA. And the guy has pitched 12 starts. And I think in those 12 starts, he's given up four earned runs. This is a historical run he's on right now. So Mm -hmm. to think that he's going to continue to do this is unrealistic to me. But if anybody has the capability, it's Dylan Cease because his slider is the best pitch in baseball graded out. Um, And nobody but nobody can touch that thing when it is on and it looks like a fastball which he has 98 miles per hour on it and mm-hmm. then it just with the ver- vertical and horizontal break it's just really tough to get and time his slider when it's on so i don't think he'll win the cy young but i think he'll still be qualified for it at the end of the year where white Sox fans will get really pissed because they're going to give it to justin verlander they're definitely going to give it to him because, like you said, he's on a better team. He's on a division winner in the AL West, and the comeback story is just way too good for them to pass up. And they probably see Justin Verlander a little bit more than they would see Dylan Cease games. I'm talking about the voters around the world. Absolutely. And piggybacking off of that, did you think that the Sox were going to add somebody in the uh, during the or real during the trade deadline, do you think they were gonna? They got the lefty uh, uh reliever, you know, from Boston. I think that was a that was definitely something they definitely needed. But you thought that maybe they were gonna get another bat or maybe another like a backhand guy to eat up innings. You know, were you disappointed that they didn't make any kind of moves? Yes, very much so. You see everybody else, especially Minnesota, your main competition in the AL Central, them and the Guardians. The Twins go and get. A lot of people, they go and get a starter, they go get relievers, they get a backup catcher. They get reinforcements for their run for the division. And the White Sox, while Deakman is good, that was more of a, we got to get rid of Reese, and this is a good fit for us in Deakman, and Boston's trying to shed money like crazy. So, yeah, it was a good pickup, and Deakman's two performances so far have been outstanding. But when you're a title contender, you need to go after it immediately, especially when you've seen this year already. You've seen the averageness of this team around their 52, I think, and 51. They're mediocre. you got to improve that. And if you've given the players enough time who are on the roster to do what they do, and they haven't done it. So I would have gone out and got a lefty outfield bat. Somebody out there, Tyler Naquin, you saw him hit two home runs for the Mets mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh they had one guy right in their division. Maybe the COVID, uh, not having a COVID shot scared him, but Andrew Benintendi is now in New York. That would be a nice lefty bat, played right field for the White Sox. Good. It would have been fit right in. We could have had a straight platoon with him and A.J. Pollock to make a complete major league outfield and a complete right fielder because I don't know if you guys saw last night's game. Andrew Vaughn is lost. He cannot play right field at all. Mm-hmm. He was looking terrible. And he grades out as one of the worst outfielders uh, and uh, outs above average in Major League Baseball. And he doesn't even play a lot. And that's the problem. He'll have to play in this iteration of the White Sox uh, lineup because Luis Roberts back. Aloy's back. 
and right field's available and designated hitters available, but sometimes they like to have Yasmani a designated hitter. So that forces Andrew Vaughn out to right field, which is not ideal. And so Rick Hahn just sit on his hands and do nothing. It was just so like typical White Sox and White Sox fans were livid. And even Rick Hahn came on and said how he's disappointed that they didn't get anybody. Like, you're the guy who gets people. So why are you disappointed? (laughs) You should be happy that you didn't get anybody. Like, this shouldn't be a disappointment. If it's a disappointment, that means that you failed. So what are you doing here? What's your job here? What's your role if you're not going to try to improve the team when they desperately need it? So, yeah, it's a failure for them to act. And it's, I mean, they weren't going to go to the World Series anyway, but fool the players. Act, act like you're giving the players some reinforcements and maybe they play a little better. Maybe they play up to their, their level. If they believe that the front office has their back, maybe they like, okay, they got our back, so let's let's take it to the max and see if we can uh, win this whole damn thing. But, you know, now it's just all on them. And they probably have to feel disappointed that the front office didn't do anything. That was going to be my next question to you, Herb, about Rick Conn. Of course, you mentioned you spoke to me before Tuesday's game against Kansas City. He said he was exhausted and tired, but he still believes in his ball club. Part of that is because he wanted to uh, calm the fans down, which you know as well as I do, Herb, that uh, you cannot fool White mm-hmm. Sox fans. You, you cannot wave your, your mm-hmm. shaming finger in their faces. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not going to buy that here. But I wanted to ask you, do you think there's a friction between him and the Ryan Source and or Rick Hahn and TLR, Tony LaRusso, for those of you scoring at home because of the lack of moves that were made uh, prior to Tuesday's deadline? I don't know if it was a but a fraction a fracture between them because of this, but I think that Rick Hahn has felt a certain type of way towards Jerry Reinsdorf and Tony LaRusso since Tony LaRusso got hired by Jerry Reinsdorf to usurp Rick Hahn's power. I think you have to feel a certain type of way. Like you saw him when he did introduce Tony LaRusso via Zoom on that October 2020 night or day. And he was, he looked like he was beat up. He looked like he had gone Mm -hmm. through the ringer. And ever since then, you don't really hear, you know, he'll say, hey, Tony's got this, that, and the other. But if you really listen to his words, you know that he is displeased with Tony LaRusso and how he's managing his club. Because the reason why he fired Ricky Renteria in the first place was because he wasn't analytically based. He wasn't putting the White Sox in the best position to win, according to Rick Hahn, when he did fight, release him. And then you get usurped and you get a guy that's worse than Ricky Renteria. White Sox fans would be begging for Ricky Renteria right now because you mm-hmm. at least you know he would listen to reason. He would listen to Rick Hahn when he told him, hey, man, you might want to do this or that. You don't want to, you know, pitch to Brian Buxton with first base open mm-hmm. instead of. You know, given that you probably don't want to intentionally walk a hitter on a one-two count, things like that. That stuff, Rick Hahn can't say anything to Tony Russo. If he does, it just goes in one ear and out the other. So that fraction is between them, I think, since the the hiring. And Rick, if he had his brothers, I believe he would fire Tony Russo. It would have been, been done a long time ago. But Jerry Reinsdorf will not let that happen again. Going into the the, uh, the the batting part now, can can the bats keep up? I mean, we, we know that Jose Abreu does really well in August, so we'll see if he can kind of get it going. Uh, Vaughn's been really good. You know, Sheet's been you know very solid. Who else needs to step up and get the White Sox to kind of make sure they can kind of stay in this division? 
Well, since he probably be playing sparingly a little bit more, um, when he does play, I need AJ Pollock and Gavin Sheets to step up because while while Gavin is bat as of late, he needs to show it more often because his time will be limited because of all the people that are coming back and Andrew Vaughn should be getting most of the starts in right field slash designated hitter if it was between those two guys. So when he gets his shot, he needs to stay ready and be bring that power bat. And A.J. Pollock was picked up for a reason in the preseason because the White Sox needed a right fielder and a guy that can hit both right-handers and left-handers. This year, he has been struggling mightily. And he's been coming on a little bit, but he sure still hasn't shown the power bat. A guy that has 20 home run power has had five already this year, only five this year, and is on bases underwhelming at 2.284. He needs to step up. The two guys I said earlier with uh, Yohan and uh, Yasmani, they need to step up. And I think then the White Sox offense will do enough work to get the job done and win the AL Central. We're heading down the whole stretch with our guy, Herb Lawrence of CHGO Sports, who covers the White Sox, is joining us right here on Second City Sports, the Friday edition, live in the Living Color. Sid Lakin here with you on Sports Zone Chicago. I want to go back to the pitching, Herb. Uh, I talked about Dylan Cease a few moments ago. Uh, another starting pitcher that's uh, annoying me a bit is Lance Lynn. Mm-hmm. I know he was interested to start the year, but Lakina could attest to this. I said that Lance Lynn needs to have a 2005 Jose Contreras type second half if the White Sox want to go where they need to go. He started off hot in the second half with that win against Cleveland a couple weeks ago. He, uh, last week against Oakland, he looked terrible. But this, this past Wednesday, despite the rain delays, he looked good against the Kansas City Royals in their 4-1 win. What do you expect out of Mr. Lynn from here on out? I expect what you saw versus Kansas City. A guy that has finally got his legs under him, got his arm right, and he's feeling a little bit better. You can see, like you said, two out of the last three starts, he's been the Lance Lynn that we expect. That hiccup versus the Oakland A's was just that, I thought. It wasn't uh, of him. I think he maybe he was left in a little bit too long in that game, but I expect what you saw, the eight strikeouts, the no walks versus Kansas City, because this is the type of teams they'll be playing in the second half. I think his next start will be um, in Kansas City for one of those games in the doubleheader. So this is the quality of team he'll be playing against. And so the numbers will look similar. The Kansas City Royals are giving up. So let's feast on them. Let's eat. Uh, Cleveland is good. Uh, Minnesota is good. But you got a couple games with the Tigers left. I think Lance Lynn uh, will rise to the occasion and not only poor opponents, his arm is getting healthy. You could see him hitting the glove at 95, 96 earlier in the season. It was only hitting like 92, 93. So he's feeling a little bit better. His arm and his legs are rejuvenated. And this might bode well for the White Sox because he didn't get any, a lot of those uh, taxing games in the early April and May. His first start was in June for the White Sox, so his arm should be fresh with uh, under 150 innings pitched. So if the White Sox do get to the playoffs, you'll have a healthy, very rejuvenated, and very uh, pissed off Lance Lynn (laughs) for the playoffs because it seems like last year he just ran out of gas and also he got that that boogeyman and the Astros in front of him, which he never pitches well versus. 
Yeah, Lance Lynn. Oh, yeah, I'm a pissed off Lance Lynn. I don't know. What to, that might be a good thing for White House fans. Maybe not so good for everyone else. Uh, Herb, uh, I've been a fan of yours for a long time. And for people who know your career, of course, you're, you're at the score for years. You went to San Diego for a little bit, came back to the score, produced uh, Cubs uh, baseball. Now you're at CHGO. What has your uh, journey been like, you know, over the years? Because you you've been through you you've done a lot. You've in your such a, such a young career. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I I think just my career it feels like it's gone by really fast, and I got lucky. And this is one of the things I like to tell people all the time. Like now in our society, the word luck or lucky is like a pejorative. You like you don't want to be lucky. It's like that's the opposite. You want to be lucky. Lucky is the mm-hmm. best thing. Everybody you know who you think is successful is lucky, became lucky. Their shot was because of luck. Um, and that's what happened to me. Like I was going to the score as a intern. I wanted to be an intern and I only have two months uh, left in uh, Illinois media school at the time. I was Illinois Center for Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I only had two yep. months left. And so I was trying to intern at the score and they, their internships were, I think at the time, three months long. So they're like, we can't hire you as an intern, but can you do this, that, the other? I was like, hell yeah. And so I accepted a, a like a part-time job, just doing Illinois football on the radio, just running the board for that. And that's what I tell people all the time, like get in the building. Like mm-hmm. I, it was a very low paying job. I, you know, radio in general is low paying and always, but get in the building and then let the people see what you can do mm-hmm. from there. And, and just like be a sponge, like talk very little, listen a lot more, get, get in all the information, sit by people you, you don't think you should sit by, like give it all the information you can get from that experience. And that's my first actual real radio job was at the score. So to be that lucky early in my career, I was like 20 years old, just out of, Illinois Center for Broadcasting, and I got that job. Then eventually I did well enough for them to hire me as Les Grobstein's uh, producer. Mm-hmm. Then J- Jonathan Hood picked me as his first producer. And then I got to go up with Mike North and uh, Doug Buffone. And, like, my life was going really fast early, and so I got to do a lot from, like, 20 to, like, 24. And then I kind of got burned out of uh, the score and doing radio because I was only making, like, 24000 and I remember I was 24 years old making 24000 I was like, I'm doing a lot of work here, but I'm not liking what I'm doing because it was like a grind. Oh, and man. then my friend Jimmy Levin uh, recruited me over to Career Builder where they were making 30000 and then commission. I was like, that sounds much easier. And like instead of calling celebrities to come on, I call like a, a business so, so they can uh, get my mm. advertisement, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that job sucked. I was terrible at that. And I did another sales job and then I went back to the score after that Mitch Rosen hired me back. And so my whole career has been like never afraid to take chances. And so that's all the stuff that you see me go other places, like going to San Diego, going to career builder, um, coming back to the score after San Diego and then getting CHGO. All these things are calculated risk. And after a while I get, you know, kind of complacent and content. And I know my personality is to be fine with the job that I have and never try to pursue another uh, something could be better. But then in the back of my mind, I always like, you know what, that is not the way to live. The way to live is to try to go and 
go and do things. And if you fail, you fail. It doesn't matter. You can always do something else. And so I'll never be afraid to just, you know, go and do the next thing for my life, because I think that's what life's about. Life should be an adventure and never be complacent of where you are. If you want more, go and do more. Great advice, Herb. Last question for me. You just brought him up. Last question. He he left us far too soon a few months ago. Uh, what can you say about your experience of working with Les Grobstein? Uh, what story can you tell us that the public doesn't know about uh, the late great Les Grobstein? Um, Les used to, and I know Lawrence uh, had this experience. Lawrence Holmes used to produce for him years before I did. And Les would cover games actively while he had an overnight show. So there would be a Bulls uh, Pacers game down in Conseco Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. And the game would end at like 10 o'clock Chicago time or something like that. He had to do all the post game stuff and file his reports and all the stuff and then drive from Indianapolis back to Chicago to get there for a new, I'm thinking a midnight show till 5 a.m. And sometimes he didn't make it. And so he would start the show on the phone, like driving back from Indianapolis on his cell phone to our studio at 4949 West Belmont and just be doing the actual Les Grobstein show mm-hmm. on a phone and on the, on the Kennedy or on the Dan Ryan coming back from Indianapolis and just get there like an hour into the show, throw his jacket off, have the phone in his hand still, and then like turn it off and then turn the mic on like, that quickly, yeah. Les was <laughs> Les was a hustler. He went and got his. Mm-hmm. He uh he um worked until I mean the day he passed away. He was working. So yeah, that's a good thing I could say. Les has uh always treated me with some great respect. We had times late in his life and late in my score career where he, you know, we interchanged and we uh, caught up with each other because I moved from. Uh, nights until the afternoon so uh, last two years i really didn't talk mm-hmm. to him but he would come on like uh lawrence's show or he'd come on with uh parkinson and uh spiegel and i get to talk to him and he's like hey good to talk to you i haven't seen you since 40 you know it was good to see you because he hadn't <laughs> been in the studio since the pandemic like he yeah. before the pandemic this is the last time i really saw less so it's, i haven't mm-hmm. seen you since 2020 gotta see you again and so i really never saw him after that um just mm-hmm. talked to him on the phone so it's sad that he passed but he's in a better place and his legacy will live on as a score original and score great yeah and he will be missed. And, of course, they just celebrated their anniversary. I know they did a lot of stuff for uh, Les as well. So definitely you guys check that out through their uh, website. Herb, thank you so much for joining us. We got to do this again. This is so much fun. You got yes. his stuff on CHGO Socks. Where, where can people find you on social media? On Twitter, it's Ecknerwall23. That's just Lawrence spelled backwards into 2-3. is for Robin Ventura, my favorite Boyd Sox player of all time. And... I think on the rest of the socials, it's either Ecknerall23 or just my name, Herb Lawrence. Yep, and that and that is true because uh, I saw, uh, I guess I saw you Herb last week at the Sox game. He does have a White Sox jersey number twenty three, <laughs> which I'm gonna get uh, that uh, that White Sox old school logo jersey for myself at some point. I was like, I'm jealous of him because he has that. I know that, that's been out for a few years, but I was like, mm-hmm. I, I, I gotta get that. I, I gotta get yeah. that at least that jersey. At least at least one for the my personal collection. <laughs> Yeah, and they're nice. Now the jerseys are nice and breathable. I had one of those black jerseys back in 1996. They absorbed all the heat and all the sun, and you would be hot as hell in that jersey. But yeah, the new <laughs> oh, yeah. cool base uh, Nike jerseys are real nice, even though that one's black. Yes. I didn't feel hot all day long. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, he's right about that. All right, that's been Herb Lawrence from CHGO uh, Sports, who covers the White Sites. Him, Vinny Duber, and Sean Anderson, they do a great job. Are you guys on um, tonight or over the weekend uh, for the rest of the remainder of this series against Texas? We are resuming on Sunday with a pregame and then a postgame okay. after that game. So we go Sunday through Thursday, usually for games, and then sometimes we'll cover a Friday night game. All right. Just make sure you go to allchgo.com to read all the articles, and you can watch them at CHGO Sports on YouTube for the pre- and post-game coverage, as Herb says, Sunday through Thursday. Herb, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course, you've been a great mentor to both of us, of course, uh, working with you with the Dean Davis Show, as I said before, uh, years ago. And of course, now we have a chance to bring you here on Second City Sports. You keep up the great work, and we'll definitely do this again soon. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Lakina. Thanks, Herb. All right, thank you, Herb. Stay Take safe. care. Much continued success. Bye. All right. All right. All right. Once again, that was uh, Herb Lawrence from CHGO. So we got to take a little bit of a breather here, but we're going to you know, come back. Yeah, it's too hot. Too hot. Yeah, Woo! it is. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we got yeah, to stretch a little bit, you know, as Mark yeah, was saying. Yeah. Stretch, got to stretch. Uh, potential uh, big trade in the NBA. There's some rumors going around that could be mm. you know, could be a big trade happening in the NBA soon. Also, we got some sports media news and so much more. Cindy Brown, Lakina McGee, this is Second C Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we're going to wrap things up right after this. Progressive presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The White Sox had Thursday off. They're back to work tonight. 7-10 first pitch at home against Oakland. 1-3 right-hander Lance Lynn starts for the Sox. 1-5 ready James Caprillion gets the nod for the A's. The Sox have wins in 6-10. of They're third in the American League Central. Three games out of first place. One game behind second place Cleveland. Oakland comes in with wins in 7-10. of They've won three straight. The Cubs visit the Giants tonight. 9-15 Central first pitch from San Francisco. 2-5 right-hander Marcus Stroman faces 3-4 righty Alex Cobb. Last night, the Giants held on for a 4-2 win over the Cubs that snapped San Francisco's seven-game losing skit. All of San Francisco's runs were unearned. Cubs starter Justin Steele went three and two-thirds. He gave up five hits, a walk, and struck out six. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. I want to make the most of summer without breaking the bank. So I shopped Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. With my 25% off coupon, I headed to the store and got shorts for $14.99, plus an extra 50% off a swimsuit, 40% off patio furniture, and $20 off as a Kohl's Rewards member. More style and more savings for the win. Flex styles, $20 off of $100 valid in-store only, 25% off for in-July 31st in-store only. Some exclusions apply. See store calls account for details. This is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup sound experiment. We're looking to find the perfect way to hear Reese's so you'll buy more of them. Here we go. Reese's. 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 Hey, get out of here, you little stinker. Reese's. 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 Peanut Butter Cups. That, that breathy one sounded very creepy, am I right?
Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, all new, we're live in the living color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid, that's Lakina. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, it's SidKid80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Oh, I was cooled up a little bit too much. <laughs> you also had a little bit of a brain phrase there. So you can follow me at Kinoki on the Twitter and at Kinoscorbicky on the IG. We have less than a half hour, ex- exactly 20 minutes left of this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments for us, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get the up on the screen for you. And our guy, I think he left, but he wanted to leave us a message. And this guy's name, we can pull it up here. Brandon shoots. Yeah, he says uh, hello to us. Thank you for that support, Mr. Shoots. Thanks, Shoots. Yeah, I'll say thanks, Brandon. Yep. Uh, So Lakina uh, gave us a tease before the break, and she says that as the young kids would say, it's going down. Potentially, dot, 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 a big trade potentially uh, happening in the NBA. I know the schedule is supposed to be released in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But um, uh, who's, who are the big names supposed to be on the move? Supposedly, I guess, of course, you know, Donovan Mitchell, of course, uh, with a new you know, with a new coach over there with the Jazz now. Now there was that I know the Knicks have been wanting, you know, him. It may have to do a three-team thing. I think there is one trade. I got to get the trade. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a rumor. Like I said, who knows if the rumor itself is true or not. But I have to get it up. I know that Pat Bev could be going to to the Lakers. That'll be interesting. Uh, also, too, uh, with Donovan Mitchell going, perhaps maybe. Okay, I got it right here. This is the uh, did they just, they discussed. Now, they, I don't know if this is true, but this, they discussed a, a three-team trade that would have uh, had you know Donovan Mitchell going to New York. Pat Beverly and another uh, key jazz player get to be named going to the Lakers. Russell Westbrook uh, uh, and such. So that that's sort of like this sort of like one of the big trades. Now none of this is true, but this is again this is according to Hoops hype. So uh, take that for what it's worth. You know, could Russell Westbrook also be on the move as well? So yeah, this is according to Hoops hype. I mean, this is just a a lot of uh, different you know various rumors and whatnot. Still a lot to be kind of like sorted out. Yeah, as we talked about before, Lakina, uh, during, during this season and during the playoffs last year, uh, GM Danny H, we saw what he did in Boston. He brought that franchise uh, back to permanence with that 2008 championship. They went to the finals again in 2010. If it wasn't from Kendra Perkins' injury, I think they would have beaten the Lakers in 2010, but that's a whole nother mm-hmm. topic for a whole nother time. But we said that the Utah had to be rebuilt. Those stories about Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell were out there for the last couple of years, and it just mm-hmm. didn't go away. We saw what they did in trading uh, Rudy Gobert to Minnesota in exchange for some draft picks and un, in uh, unnamed, uh, no name players. But Minnesota has as a new uh, this uh, era's edition of the Twin Towers. We see how that well that works out. But Utah needs to rebuild. I know Dwayne Wade, Chicago's very young. He has a minority ownership with the Jazz. We'll see if he could talk Donovan Mitchell into staying. Or uh, does Donovan Mitchell have his mind made up that he uh, wants to go somewhere else? He still has, I believe, three years left remaining on his current deal. So yep. we'll see what happens there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the, K- the KD rules have died down significantly, I guess, maybe because they some teams don't have enough to give. So... Maybe that's probably why those some of those trades. And do you think uh, Brooklyn's asking too much? That could be the case here yeah. as well. Yeah. So uh, a lot. I'm sure it's still going to be a lot that is probably going to be decided. And of course, 
like you said, Sid, the, uh, the schedule is supposed to come out in a couple of weeks, a TV schedule, and also two train cancers in about a, a little over a couple of months from now. Well, a little over mm -hmm. a month, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, the end of September. Six, yeah, I'll say about two, like, a little, like it's about six or seven, like seven or eight weeks from now. So mm -hmm. it's coming up quick. So we'll see uh, what happens here. But yeah, there's a reason why we haven't heard any like big rumors about uh, Katie and Kyrie in quite some time. Yep. And uh, some people still hanging on hope for Kyrie to join the Los Angeles Lakers where this right before training camp or at some point uh, during the first half of the season. It still may happen, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You're listening to Sega City Sports, the Friday edition, live and in living color right here on Sports on Chicago. See Lakina here with you. Lakina, let's get us to some sports media news. We have a lot to talk about. I'll read out the headlines. We'll make some uh, comments uh, uh, from there. From ESPN, Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions mm -hmm. partners with Pat McAfee from Barstool Sports for college football simulcast on ESPN2. I'm really looking forward to this one because Pat McAfee has made, his, uh, made himself a big name uh, throughout the last couple of years with his podcast. I actually listened to it during the football season, of course, occasionally. Of course, he has Aaron Rodgers on. I'm sure it's go that's going to be the case again this year, every Tuesday on his podcast. Mm -hmm. He did, you know, as of right now, he didn't need ESPN. He didn't need Fox or other big media outlets to catapult his career. He's the biggest name in sports media outside of those two conglomerates and partnering up with Payman's production company. I'm really looking forward to this one. Will it be the same as the Manning cast on Monday Night Football, or will it be something slightly different, but in that same realm? I'm interested to see how this, how this uh, format shapes up. Well, I think that's going to be like the number one question. Will it be like, will it be a kind of a Manning cast type of thing or will it be something completely different? Who knows? But uh, yeah, this is interesting because, you know, he, you know, them joining forces. I think that's going to be very interesting to see how this is going to be produced and which games going to get that treatment. Yeah. Will it be like, mm -hmm. will it be the big games? Will it be kind of like the smaller tier games? Will it be H, will it be some HBCUs? I know that, uh, uh, and everything else so yeah this will be interesting what, what games we get this treatment will it be just be one game so it's gonna be very interesting here i want to see it that october 7th game uh no the eighth game uh with the alabama texas a&m they'll probably get that treatment hopefully hopefully <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure alabama's gonna want their revenge after what happened last year so that'll be very yeah. interesting <laughs> to, to, to simulcast that particular game that's yeah that's gonna be very interesting too i I feel like, but uh, yeah, no love lost between uh, Jim Fisher and Nick Saban, but uh, that's a whole that's a whole different uh, thing. <laughs> but yeah, carry on. Yeah. Also, for my good folks at ESPN, they have officially announced that Bill Walton's Thirty for Thirty uh, will be uh, airing soon. It will be directed by Steve James. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to get the dairy treatment, uh, Jeter treatment of seven parts, but <laughs> I'm interested to see. Uh, 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 this 30 for 30. Of course, Bill Walton, I know he's been laying low for the last few years, but he still does college basketball, uh, the Pac-12 in particular for ESPN. And, uh, of course, we remember him as a broadcaster in the 90s with NBC. Uh, I, I, I barely remember his <clears throat> playing career. I, I was too young to really appreciate what he did. Of course, we all know what he did in college back at UCLA with the late great John Wooden there going undefeated. I believe in his whole four, four years mm -hmm. there. I know he was uh, involved in politics during a time it wasn't very popular in the 70s, and I know he got slammed for that. I know they're going to talk about that for sure. But he's he's a very interesting, intriguing guy. I know he has a sense of humor that some people don't get sometimes, but he's a, really, uh, he's a very well 
uh, intelligent, well, well versed, uh, versed, uh, not young man, but uh, a very interesting individual. It's gonna be very fascinating to see this because I'm sure I'm sure it will be two parts to this. I'm sure it's gonna be yeah. like his college days, you know, his or, you know, his early years, his college days, of course, at UCLA. To remember, he was on that team where uh, Digger Feltz is a uh, Notre Dame team broke that uh, record, still record breaking. Well, on the men's side, uh, winning That's streak right. there. So I'm sure they're gonna I'm sure they're gonna delve 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 right into that. And then, of course, his NBA career, winning a title in Portland with the Trailblazers back in '70. Seven. Uh, seven, 77. But and then of course, you know, with the issues with his foot and his knees and such then going to Boston, winning a championship there in the mid-80s. So it's gonna be interesting to see how far they go. Of course, we know that he uh he's a bit, you know, he loves rock and roll. So yeah, been the Grateful I'm, Dead. That's yeah, gonna so, be brought up a lot too. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be brought up a lot too. So yeah, I'm sure. Look, I'm fascinated how this is gonna go. This might be a little more in depth than the uh, Derek Jeter one because it's sort of like if you've seen the Derek Jeter, I know that uh, the the next parts are gonna air next week. But if you see, it, it's it's more straightforward. This one, with it, I'm sure, is gonna be more in depth, a little bit more personal and such. I'm sure. Lord knows how much unaired footage will probably be out there, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I hope this gets a mention as well, Lakina. Remember, I think this was three or four years ago. Uh, Bill Walton uh, deb- uh, made his debut as a White Sox analyst with Jason Benetti uh, mm-hmm. in the game against the Anaheim Angels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder how much are they going to talk about that? <laughs> well, yeah, there were people, there were folks that felt that that should not have happened, but uh, right. <laughs> that, mm, I'm sure he'll have a, lot, have a lot to say about that. But yeah, this should be a very interesting uh, 30 for 30. I'm going to assume it's going to air perhaps maybe during the NBA season. I think they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. filming it. I think they're editing it as we speak. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Should, this, should, this one should be quite interesting as a lot of the others. Yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, continuing from, from our good folks at NBC, Matthew Berry, who used to be the, the head of the fantasy football content at ESPN. Of course, he left them. Uh, he left ESPN about a month or so ago. He'll be joining NBC Sports, and he'll host a weekly and daily Peacock uh, daily shows for fantasy football for Peacock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's being paid a little, a lot. I'm sure that's probably one of the reasons why he probably left ESPN after being there over almost twenty, all over twenty years, I should say. So, mm-hmm. um, a little, I think people were surprised that he left, but I'm, I'm sure this is probably why getting the chance to. <clears throat> You know, host his own show and a podcast, and probably probably gonna have a little bit more freedom too. So yeah, I'm, yeah. So I'm sure people are gonna be tuning in. Of course, gonna do a lot of fantasy. You're gonna be seeing them on Sunday Night Football as well. Yeah, so, it, yeah. That's probably gonna be the big one there. But yeah, it'll be interesting what what happens here. And for my good folks at Amazon, Taylor, Miss Taylor Rooks, uh, who got her big start here in Chicago with the Big Ten Network, she'll join Prime Video's Thursday Night Football coverage with, for features and interviews. Big fan of Taylor. We should try to we see if we can try to get her on, of course. Yeah. You know, you know, worked at the Big Ten Network for a few years. I think I think she's a U of I girl, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, now she's involved and you know, she has a popular podcast, and now she's mm-hmm. gonna be doing some stuff with Amazon's, you know, their Thursday night football coverage. Yeah, I think that look, we know she's good at what she does. We know uh, yeah. athletes respect her. So yeah, definitely a good, you know, a solid hire, another good hiring by Amazon. Yep, so we'll good luck to Taylor Brooks. We'll definitely be watching. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the event. Cover, color, Santa Lakina here mm-hmm. with you. Uh Lakina, do you have Sorry. any other um any other leftover thoughts before we part for the weekend? Uh, 
Well, it's interesting uh, you mentioned that. We actually didn't do the scheduling for uh, for MLB this weekend. Oh, I that's right. Was, yeah, yep, that's we were, right. Let's yeah. go to it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we were so, that's because we, were we had so, so much hot stuff going on. Yeah, I'll say we were so well jam-packed. We forgot to do our regular stuff. But the, yes, the, yes, okay. yes. It's no big deal, so it's it's not a bad thing. You get the yeah, best and worst this weekend. Then we'll get to the weekend schedule. Right, I'll say yeah, uh, best and worst in the baseball. Of course, we talked about it earlier with her, Justin Verlander, and everything he's been doing. The fact that you know, thirty nine, he's he's a down at pitcher. He's a, he has a one point seven three ERA. Only two pitchers, totally two pitchers at that age and older have had uh, such a, a lower ERA. After 20 starts, of course, you got to go back to 05 with Roger Clemens and 1915 with Eddie Plank. So, you know, I'm, she's definitely going to definitely lead her to clubhouse for uh, AL Cy Young. And uh, now we're tied with the Brewers and the Cardinals. Like, you know, the Cardinals have won four in a row and the Brewers have lost four in a row. So now they're tied in the NL uh, Central. So that's probably going to come down to the final, probably the final few weeks of the season. Uh, they, you know, the Padres, unfortunately, have not. With all the moves that they made, it's not working out so far. And now the Dodgers have won five in a row, so now they're pulling away in the NL West. So, what what was your uh, best of works for this weekend? For this weekend, the MLB. Uh, your Seattle Mariners take it two or three in the Bronx against the Yankees. Uh, Louis uh, uh, Castile uh, mm-hmm. didn't have the world's greatest debut. It wasn't terrible either, but that's what happens when you get six runs in the first inning. You get to pitch a little bit easier. So the Seattle's bats came out against the Bronx. I know New York is now, I believe, nine and fourteen in uh, in their last uh, twenty-one games. So if my math is correct, uh, if you're a Yankees fan, you shouldn't be too worried. You're still going to win the AL East. It's all about battling Houston for those uh, top two wild card, uh, top two uh, uh, buy spots in the American League expanded playoffs, which starts this year. You definitely want to get home field advantage for that, especially if you think that you're going to meet Houston in a potential ALCS matchup. So mm-hmm. that, that was uh, something that caught my eye this week. Toronto takes care of Tampa Bay this week down uh, in the state of Florida. And and, and look at here, look at here. Uh, speaking, uh, speaking of the St. Louis Cardinals, they take care of the Cubs in a doubleheader yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for the Cubs, uh, just I just got to say, it's just wait until next year. Especially, we talked about it earlier with Christine Manica. Uh, if you Wilson Contreras, who had another home run the other day, uh, yeah, you really are in mixed emotions. You really thought you weren't mm-hmm. going to go. Now it's just like I know it's a sigh of relief for the moment, but you had to go through all this again uh, uh, at the end of the season. This it, it, just makes no sense. Uh, just listening to the comments of Jed Hoyer, I know he he appeared on the Marquee Sports Network's. Cubs live pregame show earlier today as we were broadcasting live. And uh, if you really uh, read into his comments, Lakina, and really uh, re, uh, read into the reports over the last couple of, day, couple of days, after that one Soto trade from the Nationals to the Padres, Jed Hoyer really overplayed his hand in, t- in terms of Ian Happer, Wilson Contreras. And, and that's something he's going to have to wear for a while. Yeah, that's going to be the thing. You know, go through all that. He was crying. You saw all the emotions. And then now, oh, wait, we couldn't find anybody for you. So, like, I think both the Cubs and the White Sox have some. Yeah, the White Yeah, they both made minor moves, but they didn't make those big trades that you thought that they were going to do. So, just you know, just unfortunate. Now you got to go through all this again in the next couple of months. It's just <laughs> I want a roller coaster uh, last uh, few weeks yeah. for Wilson Contreras. You definitely feel for him. Uh you know, the Phillies get another good one for the Phillies. You know, they've won eight of their last 10. They're still right there in the National League, a wild card. Of course, the division is probably all, you know, it's going to be between the Mets and the uh, the Braves. So 
that AL East, I mean, is definitely going to be uh, yeah. very interesting in that division. They continue their four-gamer. Of course, they beat the Braves on the Mets, you know, 6-4 yeah. in the opener. Now they've, they'll be, you know, going in their series this weekend. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah, and one more uh, before we get to this weekend schedule, one more thing that I needed to point out. Uh, doing yesterday's uh, 8-7 win, Oakland over, over Anaheim. Anaheim hit seven home runs. And lost. The last time that happened was back in 1985. There's a Chicago connection to this. Jerry Nairn, who's now on the coaching staff for the White Sox, was part of that uh, last oh. uh, California slash Anaheim team that hit seven uh -huh. plus home runs and lost the game. Oh gosh, that's I know, I right? Know. That, that's, that's oh my god, talk about small world, Jesus. Yep, back uh, in 1985. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm, I think I might have watched that game. I'm not sure. <laughs> Uh, a little three-year-old Lakina watching that game, but uh, yeah, that that's interesting. That you you score seven, you you hit seven home runs, and you know Otani, you know, hit two of yeah, them. Two of them. <laughs> but you lost. You still lost. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's been the kind of season that has is been for the Angels. So I don't know. Just just a little bit nutty there. Uh, yeah. Uh, one more thing before we go move forward. Uh, Joe Mandel from the South Southside Hitman podcast, part of the Barroom Network, mm -hmm. who's a, a good friend on this show. We had him on uh, a, a month or so ago. Mm -hmm. He was on Sean and Maya this morning. He didn't get it to it. For those of you that missed it, go check it out right here on YouTube at Sports on Chicago and Sports on Chicago on Facebook. And Sean and Maya in the morning from earlier today. Uh, he was talking about uh, the potential trade between uh, Otani, the Angels, and the White Sox. He said this, and I quote, uh, the deal was on the table between those two teams. Uh, the Angels were stupid enough to turn it down. That's all he said. I was like, hmm, I got to do some digging on that one. <laughs> Wait till the Angels were the ones that, that turned it down? Turned they it down, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, you don't really have much if, if, for the, the Sox. It doesn't really have much. Appears so like the Angels didn't have much either. <laughs> yeah, so mm, I find it hard to believe that either one actually had anything that the other wanted. But mm -hmm. again... You know what, whatever, but uh, yeah, but he would probably know. But I'm, so I'm a little skeptical in that. But it is what it is. But uh, he's not. I don't think Otani is going anywhere. At least not just yet. Yeah, but, yeah, I agree. But yeah, we'll see what happens there going into this weekend's schedule. MLB, of course, the you know the Marlins and Cubs are going on right now as we speak over at Wrigley. They start their uh three game weekend series. Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Baltimore. They're kind of they're right there in the thick of it in the uh. A yep. wild card. Nobody said that, even though they, they did trade, you know, Trey Mancini. But mm -hmm. you know, they they still they still got a shot. Washington and Philadelphia. Washington has you know given up. So Philly, if you're Philly, you better hope that you can get, you can you continue to your little role here. That'll yep. be that's gonna be the first game, the Apple TV Plus doubleheader. So for all you fans in DC, in the surrounding areas, and in Philly, make sure you remember that you're not gonna be able to watch the game tonight. Uh, Atlanta and New York. They continue their series. Of course, like I said, the Mets beat the Braves yesterday. Houston and Cleveland. That should be an interesting series as well. Let's go Houston. <laughs> yeah. Watch going to be cheering hard for Houston for the first time yeah, like, ever. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Before they come to town in less than two weeks. <laughs> yeah, Tampa Bay and Detroit. They continue their uh, series. Of course, the White Sox and uh, the Rangers will try to bounce back. I'm not rolling my eyes, folks. You guys didn't see it. on <laughs> back to this. Uh, Boston and Kansas City, that'll be on ESPN+. And continuing with the weekend schedule, uh, this is the second game of the Apple TV coverage tonight. Cincinnati and Milwaukee. I believe our guy Russ Dorsey would be on the call yeah, for that one. That, yeah, I think that one. Hashtag Russ Cass. Russ Cass, yay! He's <laughs> sweeping the country. 
<laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And of course, uh, the Blue Jays and the Twins will do battle uh, in uh, in Target Field in the state of Minnesota. The Yankees and the Cardinals. This should be a good one uh, mm-hmm. from New Bush Stadium. And so that's an interleague matchup that guys should pay attention to. Colorado's at Arizona. Seattle will be hosting the Anaheim Angels, and of course the Padres and the Dodgers start tonight. Ooh, I can't wait for that one. one. That should be a lot of fun uh, yep. with, uh, with the new look. Uh, Padres, you know they're one and one so far since all those trades, and uh, I know the Dodgers have had some injury issues. I know that I know uh, Clayton Kershaw's back's not bothering him, so that could be something mm-hmm. to look out for as we get into the rest of the season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, of course, uh, the FS1 uh, game of the week, uh, you know, for tomorrow, you got Miami and the Cubs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. And uh, for the Fox uh, Saturday game of the week, you know, the regional action, you got Cincinnati and Milwaukee and the Yankees and the Cardinals. Yeah, as we say in the business, check your local listings for game and times in your area. Translation, most of the country we get Yankees, Cardinals. For those of you in the state of Ohio and the state of Wisconsin, You'll get Cincinnati and Milwaukee. Oh, boy. (laughs) Continuing, uh, your Mm. Peacock game of the week for Sunday morning will be Houston at Cleveland. That's going to be a good one. Jason Mm Benetti will get a good one. That will be actually a good baseball game to call. You don't have to uh, pretend to not fall asleep on that one. Right. And and your Sunday night game of the week on ESPN will be San Diego at Los Angeles taking on the Dodgers from Dodgers Stadium. You know, the, as we talked about before, Lakina, the Dodgers will do a great tribute, I'm sure, uh, this week right. if Ben Scully. And this will yeah. be their first home game since his passing. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of emotion there, the first yeah. home series oh, yeah. for them. So I'm sure there's going to be I'm, – I'm sure this, this, will be, this will be a great matchup too. So it actually ended up working out on both ends. Now, a couple of quick notes before we go, of course, as we talked about with Christine earlier, the Blackhawks and the Wild will be playing a regular season – uh, game over at Pfizer Field. Preseason. Just, well, 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 preseason. Uh, at Pfizer Field, just outside of Milwaukee, uh, in October. That should be, and it's sold out. So uh, yeah. apparently, yeah. So um, you know, that's that's just be a pretty, that should be a pretty cool uh, atmosphere there, even though it's a preseason game. Yeah, of course, um, Minnesota and the Blackhawks have been great rivals for years. Of course, Minnesota is still a good competitive team. Of course, we all know about the Blackhawks, what they're going through as they try to restart uh, this franchise. And so it, uh, I don't think they ever played an NHL game in the state of Wisconsin before, obviously for a preseason game. If not, this will be the first one. So you get the folks from Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota uh, to the east of pe- or the folks in Wisconsin. And, of course, you get folks from us here in Chicago traveling up 294 to go to Pfizer 4. That should be a Pfizer form. That should be a lot yep. of fun uh, over there because I think, like you said, I don't think this is. I think this is the first time that uh, that they're going to be playing. Well, I think a well, I think there may be like a well, the NHL game. I know that they've done like you know some of the minor league games in yeah. their, up in Wisconsin, but uh, that should be very interesting. Also, too, uh, Jonathan Hudro has as in, has a brand new contract. He's staying with. Calgary, eight years, $84 million. So he got himself a nice little chunk of change there. Yes. Can't be on his payroll. <laughs> You're right. I know his agent. <laughs> nice yeah. job by his agent uh, starting yeah. off that contract. So, yeah. So nice little note there. We wanted to bring that up uh, for you know, one of the top players in the league. So definitely deserving of that, that new contract. 
Yep, Johnny Hockey. Johnny All Hockey, right. as they call him. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right, Lakina, it's time for us to cool off. It's going to be hot this weekend in Chicago. Yes, and I'm, uh, this is going to be a rare home stay, a partially home staycation for yours truly. I'm going to enjoy some good old air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smart, smart. Yeah, because it's going to be supposed to be hot, I think, especially to uh, Sunday. Sunday, So, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. probably not a time to turn on the oven. You know, get a you know, order out if you can. Now, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, the start of the Premier League session. You know, the new Premier League session starts actually as we speak. Crystal Palace and Arsenal are are playing right now as we speak and uh, also other great Premier League ac- action and also uh, of course you've got you know baseball and, and such you got the Wyndham Championship and golf that's this is the last this is the mm-hmm. last uh, event before the the FedEx Cup so that should be a lot of fun and uh, a lot of other things going on too so what are you looking forward to this weekend Sid? Uh, like I said the uh... Well, football will be starting next weekend for as far as the preseason is concerned. But mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to, of course, White, White Sox and Rangers. The White Sox should go 3-0 for the remainder of this series against Texas before you head to Kansas City for four starting next Tuesday before you return um, home around this time next week to face the Detroit Tigers. Of course, Atlanta and the Mets. Of course, San Diego and Los Angeles. I'm looking forward to both those series uh, outside of the Sox this weekend. Well, speaking of the White Sox, of course, if you guys remember, yesterday was the anniversary of when Robert Ventura, that's Herb's, uh, Herb Morris's uh, favorite player, <laughs> tried to charge uh, Nolan Ryan. Looky, 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 Yeah, 46-year-old uh, Nolan Ryan. Uh, probably not the smartest thing he's done, but that's another. <laughs> yeah, that's the old guy another. being up on a young guy. <laughs> I um, think that was just so polarizing. <laughs> oh, that was, that was just I that remember thing. watching that on the highlights. I was like, this actually happened. He charged uh, Nolan Ryan was he was like Roger Clemens and you know, all those old mm-hmm. school pitchers like to pitch the ball inside to get the hitters off track. He did that to Ventura Ventura to a quick offense to it, <laughs> and Nolan I, Ryan gave him the noogie. <laughs> yeah, that that my mm, I'm too I, old to punch, but I'll give you a noogie outside your head. <laughs> yeah, that, mm, that that's oh gosh, that that I I to this day. If those you that haven't seen it, <laughs> look it up on YouTube. It's everywhere. It's on YouTube. It's everywhere on YouTube. Yeah, I, I you know for for Robert, that's gonna be that's gonna be the one thing that's gonna define him, unfortunately, <laughs> whether he likes it or not. With that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. You can follow your truly Sydney Brown on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports Old Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you find Sports Old Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch our podcast, Second City Sports. On all podcast platforms at War or Anchor, we are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Smash that like button, share this program to any everybody you know, and make sure you support us at Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. And speaking of Sports on Chicago, you can catch Second City Sports live in the Living Color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports on Chicago. Once again, Second City Sports live in the Living Color color every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. And speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, we're now available on Roku TV. That's why you can catch Sports Zone Chicago Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just click on the sports section and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you're watching us on the YouTube, Lakina, show you how you're doing it. Just show them how to do it. Just go to that sports section, uh, download Sports Zone Chicago and put it 
put that sports on Chicago app next to next to all those popular other popular apps that you have on your TV screen. If you don't have a Roku TV, that's okay. On all those streaming devices, clean your phone, iPad, iTouch, iTablet, and on your computer, your laptop, mm. just download that Roku TV app. You know, go to the sports section and download that Sports on Chicago app. So there's no excuses anymore. Get with the program. Sports on Chicago is a Roku TV. Just in time for the football season. I know oh, gonna, yes. Oh, yes. You, know, you could catch out all the great shows. What's up, cuz? The Smoke Fellas, of course, Sean and Maya. I know we're going to be uh, watching a couple of other, other shows uh, coming this fall. And we're going to be doing our uh, NFL previews starting with the next week or two. So mm-hmm. make sure you guys check that out as well. Uh, stay cool out there. I know it's hot pretty much everywhere all, all over the country. But again, you know what? Wash your hands. You know, If you're not going to get vaccinated, wash your hands. Be good to each other and stay cool. I guess I guess I'm saying that now, mm-hmm. especially for this weekend for a lot of us here in the Midwest. First, Sid, I like Kena. This is Sports Sports on Sports All Chicago, and we'll see you Monday. Thank you to Christine Manica and Herb Lawrence. Till Monday, go Sox! Holla! <laughs>